Food bloggers, hi, how are you today? Thank you so much for tuning in to the Eat Blog Talk podcast. This is the place for food bloggers to get information and inspiration to accelerate your blog's growth and ultimately help you to achieve your freedom, whether that's financial, personal, or professional. I'm Megan Porta, and I've been a food blogger for over 12 years. I understand how isolating food blogging can be at times. I'm on a mission to motivate, inspire, and most importantly, let each and every food blogger, including you, know that you are heard and supported. Whether you are looking to become a copywriter or you are looking to hire a copywriter, copywriting in general for the food blogging niche is kind of a hot topic right now. I invited Michelle Hauk from Michelle Hauk Agency to join me in this conversation, and she is a food copywriter. She gives us all the information we need to know about getting started if we want to do that or hiring somebody to help us with this task in our businesses. She delivers so many great gems in this episode, some things I had not thought about before, and I scribbled notes furiously as she talked. I hope you really enjoy this and find inspiration if you are on either one of those sides of the coin. This is episode number 443, sponsored by Rank IQ. Virtual Tastemaker Conference is the place where content creators come together online to build community with fellow foodies and brands and learn from top industry experts and experience the magic of Tastemaker. This year's Virtual Tastemaker Conference 2023 theme is monetizing your business. Tastemaker wants to help you learn new and different ways to monetize or how to focus on things you could be doing but could maybe fine-tune to make it even more effective. This event is perfect for those who want to start monetizing their blog or content creation. Not only are there amazing educational opportunities within this virtual conference, but the experience and ability to connect with the community is the best part. You don't want to miss out on this incredible opportunity. Head over to eatblogtalk.com forward slash resources, scroll down to the Tastemaker logo and find the orange button labeled sign up for virtual Tastemaker. Eatblogtalk.com forward slash resources. Michelle Hauk is a copywriter for food bloggers so they can focus on their favorite part of the business, creating, testing, and sharing their recipes. Michelle loves what she does because it helps overwhelmed foodies find joy in their business again. Many bloggers are not aware that they can have someone write SEO-packed and engaging blogs for them. That's where Michelle comes in. Michelle, it's so lovely to have you on the podcast. How are you today? I'm doing great. I'm super excited to talk with you. How are you doing? I'm doing good too. Thank you for asking. And I am excited for our chat as well. Before we get into copywriting though, do you have a fun fact to share with us? I do. So recently I got into building Lego. (laughs) My husband grew up playing with Lego. It was a huge part of his childhood. And I just, I always just saw those random boxes of Lego bricks and not the sets that come together with all Mm -hmm. the pieces. And so he got me one maybe like six months ago And I loved it. And so I have like a little friends one that I put together. I just got a little office set that I'm going to put together from the office, the show. So that's my new little hobby. (laughs) Okay. I don't know if you knew this about me, but my home is filled with Legos. My boys are obsessed with Legos. They have been. And I love it because it's like such a way to preserve childhood in a healthy way. And it's so good for their brains. We've spent 
a lot of money on. Like if you saw our Lego table, you would be like people actually come into our basement and they're like, like they gasp because it's like thousands upon thousands of dollars worth of Legos. But for me, it's like an investment in their creativity and like someday we'll probably sell some of them, you know, but it's such a good pastime. It's such a good hobby to have. And I'm, I'm so excited that you're doing that too. And the office set. Oh, I've been, I've had my eye on that one. Yes. We were at the mall last week and my husband saw while we were walking past that they had it and he's been looking for it for me. He wanted to surprise me with it. And he was like, we have to go in right now and get it. Oh, that's so cute. One of our favorites that our boys got a few years ago was the Seinfeld set. My youngest son and I ripped through the more appropriate shows on Seinfeld that, you know, there are some that were not appropriate for him, but we looked, we watched a few of those more appropriate ones. And he fell in love and we got the set. And it's so funny. Like all the little jokes within the show are built into the Lego set. And like, yeah, like if you don't watch the show, you wouldn't get it. But you're like, oh my gosh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they're very creative. And I'll have to send you a picture of, I'm going to, after I'm done here, I'm going to send you a picture of our Lego table. You will probably pass out. (laughs) (laughs) My husband will be jealous. He wants to have a Lego room. Oh, okay. So you'll have to show him and yeah, he'll be, he'll probably be very jealous then because wow, we have, we have a lot going on. All right. So from Legos to copywriting, we're going to talk about copywriting today because that's what you do. You do copywriting for food bloggers so they can focus on their jobs. So do you want to start by just telling us about your experience as a copywriter and how you got into the food niche? Yes. So in 2020, when the pandemic happened, I think that was a pretty pivotal year for everybody. But I was driving a school bus at the time, so I was not working because there was no school. And I was worried that when the new school year started, that basically I would be laid off and I needed to have some kind of backup plan. So I found a course online that taught me copywriting and how to set up my business and run it and how to communicate well with clients and just really showed how to do everything to build your own business. And so I just started that summer, July of 2020. And I started out in the dance niche because I grew up as a dancer. And so I felt like that was a way I could kind of give back to that community. But it was 2020 and they were struggling as well. So that wasn't really going as well as I had hoped. And then my mother-in-law started her own YouTube channel. And that was when I realized that food bloggers... It's not, there's so much for them to do. Like you just can't even run your own blog with just one person. You have to have a team to help you. Mm. So when she started her channel, I had debated in the beginning whether or not I wanted to do dance or food. And when she started her channel, that really showed me, okay, this is actually a need. People need help to run their blog and to not have it become their entire life. You know, you want a work-life balance. So that was what made me finally take the plunge into food. And I love it. I I think I actually enjoy it a little bit more than dance. I feel a little bit bad saying that, but I just love food. I love to eat. I love to learn about it, how to cook and different things like that. So it's really fun. I really enjoy it. So you saw the need, which I love. I love it when people see like a big gap and then they see how they can fill the gap. And then is your mother-in-law a food blogger? 
she so she started her YouTube channel and then she was trying to get the blog going. But right now she decided to focus more on the channel. Okay. But her blog is Debbie's Kitchen Corner. So oh, cool. She she's got some blogs up, but she is mainly right now focusing on the channel. Okay. So she kind of helped to inspire you to get into this niche. Yeah, yeah. That's really cool. And then would you mind talking about the difference between copywriting and content writing? Yes. So a lot of people use those words interchangeably, but there is a little bit of a difference there. With content writing, it usually just kind of gives you information and then that's kind of it. It doesn't lead anywhere after that. So with copywriting, it's very conversational. It's not supposed to be like technical, like when you're in school and there always, always should be a CTA or a call to action so that the purpose of whatever it is, whether it's an email, a blog, an Instagram post, it tells people what to do next. So sign up for this, join my email list, share my recipe, different things like that, that kind of moves them along the journey to wherever you want them to end up. So if you have a paid service or you just want them to land on your blog, whatever the end goal is, that the the CTA is supposed to guide them to that end goal. Okay, so you do mainly copywriting, correct? And th- so that wouldn't necessarily be like writing a recipe post. That would be more would that be more like emails and social media or where do you direct most of your efforts, I guess? So I, with my food bloggers, I do emails and blogs for them for their recipes. I use the emails to direct their community to the blog so that it increases traffic to their blog. And then that way they can get money through through ads okay. on their page. Yeah. And then, of course, if they have affiliate links, then I can include that in their blog. Kind of any way that they can make money, I try to link to that either in the email or the blog or both. So that way they're they're getting some kind of monetization from that. Okay. So you kind of do a little bit of everything. What do you enjoy the most? What kind of writing do you enjoy the most? I really enjoy blogs actually, because it's just so much fun to learn. It's a lot of research. My job is probably 75% of my job is researching. And at first when I started copywriting, I thought, oh, that doesn't really sound fun. Mm -hmm. But because it's a like area that I love learning about, I really, really enjoy doing the research aspect of it. Ooh, that's interesting because I think that's where a lot of people get hung up. Like, they don't necessarily like that part of it. So you take over that and you actually find like passion there. You enjoy it. Yeah. That's so cool. Okay. So we are going to talk a little bit about both becoming a copywriter. So if food bloggers listening enjoy writing like you do and want to use this as an avenue to earn extra money, but also let's talk about like hiring a copywriter and how to go about that and what the benefits are. So if let's start with becoming a copywriter. How does someone even go into that? Where did you start when you decided to do this? That is an awesome question. <laughs> so I found a course online. It's called Write Your Way to Freedom. And when I signed up for it, it was 
only open for applications or, or only, she didn't have an application at that time, but it was only open a few times a year for a certain amount of time and anyone could join. But now she has it set up where you have to fill out an application and set up an interview with somebody just to make sure that you're a good fit. I don't even think that they turned down anyone really, <laughs> but that is my recommendation if that is something that you're wanting to do it does cost a little bit i think it's double the price i paid now when i did it because so many people have had success with building a copywriting business so it's definitely worth it but if you're not able to spend money on it i would suggest following different people like on instagram or joining their email list jacob mcmillan is a really well-known copywriter. He has good tips. But yeah, just if you're not able to invest in something right now, you can still learn copywriting. It's going to take more time. But if you follow other copywriters that are well-known, you can still learn from them and still pick up the skill, I think. Okay. And then how would somebody know that they were a good fit for this sort of thing? I think you really have to love whatever niche you pick. And that's kind of the beauty of copywriting is you can literally write about everything. That is something I have learned is anything can be a business <laughs> and you can pick any niche that you want. So that makes a huge difference. So like food bloggers are in the industry. They know their content well. So if they enjoy writing, it might be a natural fit for them. Yes, absolutely. If you enjoy writing, it's definitely for you. And like I said, with the research thing, that's probably 75% of the job is researching. So as long as you pick something that you love, it doesn't feel like a job. But if you hate researching, and even if it's something you love, then copywriting is definitely not going to be the thing for you. <laughs> right. <laughs> So do you have any definitions for like an effective copywriting situation? Like you have to have X, Y, and Z in order to do it effectively? I think honestly, it just takes practice. The biggest thing with copywriting is that it needs to be conversational. A lot of people when they write kind of tend to write how we were taught in school, which is very like technical and correct and copywriting should sound just like a conversation. So that's my biggest tip when you write your recipe blogs or your emails is, and, and you can read it out loud to yourself as well. And if it's not easy to read or it doesn't kind of just flow as you say it, then add a little more personality. Like just say, just throw in some phrases that you use in your everyday speaking and that's going to really make your writing come to life and connect with your readers. And how much does keyword research play into your copywriting? I'm like with recipe blogs, you have to incorporate that, right? Absolutely. Yes. SEO and keywords is also a big part of what I do because anything that's going to be online really needs to be optimized. Because when it is, then Google is basically promoting it for you for free. So you don't want to ever ignore that. It's a pretty, pretty like valuable and important step to do when you're putting anything online. So really like that has to be kind of a strength too. I mean, like keyword research, you can't really force. People either love it or they hate it. So do you feel like someone needs to be really good at that? in order to get into copywriting? 
Not necessarily. I know some copywriters who only write emails because they hate dealing with Uh SEO. So things that aren't going to be posted online. So basically only blogs or web pages like about me pages or home pages, things like that. Those are the things that you absolutely need to do SEO and keyword research on. But if it's not going to be living online, like an email or even a sales page, or I'm trying to think what else, but if it's not going to be posted online, then you don't have to worry about it. So you can do just one specific type of copy instead of a specific niche, which is what some of my friends have done. Yeah. And then how easy is it to get clients once you dig into this? It depends. I feel like there's some times of the year where it's a little bit more difficult (laughs) to like in the summer right now, for example, a lot of bloggers are moms, are parents. And so they want to spend that time in the summer with their kids. And so there's not a lot of, there's not as much free time for them to communicate with you. And they may not reach back out till the fall, maybe after their kids are back in school. So I think the time of year definitely plays a role. But the biggest thing is just showing value in what you're offering. And that really makes a huge difference when you're reaching out to get clients. Okay. And do you do like cold pitches or go to Facebook groups? Or how do you find most of your clients? I have found most of my clients through cold emailing. I had a couple come to me on LinkedIn, but I've also been trying to be a little bit better at networking. So I'll send a DM to people on Instagram or just to kind of like establish an initial connection and and. A conversation with them. And then after that, I might either just keep the conversation going in the DMs or I might send them an email after that. Okay. So I'm kind of trying, like kind of playing around with the networking thing because I haven't really done that. And I just kind of want to connect with more people. Hello there. Jumping in for a quick break to talk about Rank IQ. I love this keyword research tool. And you've heard me talk about how much it has helped to grow my traffic on my food blog. I will tell you about one of the reasons I love this tool so much, which is how fast I can publish a post compared to my pre-Rank IQ days. Why is it faster, you might be wondering? I don't do as much searching on the front end of deciding on a keyword, so I dig into the writing portion really quickly and with laser focus. Next, I dive into each post with confidence because each keyword has been handpicked by the creator of the tool himself. With other tools, I approach each keyword tentatively because I really don't know how each one will perform or whether it's going to produce a good crop of traffic for me. And last, the Rank IQ Optimizer is the best optimizer out there in my opinion. It provides very specific recommendations about content to include inside each post. This makes the writing process go really smoothly as the optimizer acts as my guide, leading the way to a comprehensively written post. Go to rankiq.com to sign up and check it out for yourself. Now back to the episode. Okay, anything else on that side of the coin? Just like things to keep in mind if somebody wants to do this? Any tips you have that we haven't talked about? I can't think of anything else. I mean, copywriting is very, you can, it doesn't take very long to learn it. And that's a really nice thing, especially if you're at home. And if you learn it, you can also pitch your services to other food bloggers. I've seen 
some that have their own blog, but they also will write for other people as well. So if you enjoy writing and you enjoy the research, definitely for you. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Okay, now let's talk about the other side. So there are also a group of people, food bloggers specifically, who do not like writing. They do not want to get into this. And in fact, they don't even want to write for their own blogs because it just gets tedious for some. So if they want to look into hiring somebody to do this portion of their job for them, how do they go about getting help? Okay, so my recommendation would be you can Google like food copywriter and see who comes up. I've done that personally. I think I'm the only one that is geared specifically toward food bloggers. There are other food copywriters that like write for brands and different things, but I think that would be my number one recommendation because if you see that they're showing up on page one, then they obviously know what they're doing with SEO as well. Yeah, that's a good sign. So that's like a, and that's actually how I got one of my clients now is she just Googled me and she saw that I was on page one and she was like, that's who I want. She decided she was going to hire me before we hopped on a call. So that's a, a, a good sign if they're showing up on page one for your search query then they know what they're doing SEO wise. Yeah. But also just just kind of feel things out. Sometimes, you know, you can just hop on a call with someone and it's like, mm, I don't know, like the vibe just didn't feel like it was yeah. working. <laughs> and it's not necessarily like anything bad or wrong. It just doesn't feel like a great fit. So always hop on a call and just kind of interact with the copywriter and ask them specifically what's included in their rates. Because my rates, for example, are higher, but it's because it includes SEO. I have a a third-party editing agency that I use. There's a lot of different things that are included. So it's not like just writing and then I hand hand your blog over to you. So ask what's included in the rate. The call is so huge and it seems like a pain, right? Like, oh, do I have to really invest 20 minutes in talking to someone? But that those 20 minutes, no matter what you're looking for, like whether it's copywriting or someone to fill a seat in the mastermind group, like it is so worthwhile to invest your time in a call because you're right. Like there's not necessarily anything wrong. Most of the time you just feel that there's, the vibe isn't right. There's, it's something that you can't even explain. Yeah. I feel like, you know, when I, when I had a job outside of the house, to me, it's just like working with other employees. Like you just want the environment to be positive and beneficial for both of you. And so if you don't feel that, then I, I just don't, I don't recommend it. Yeah, no, that's really smart. And then pricing, I've noticed in our industry that there are different writers who, I think you and I have had this conversation before, that offer such a variety of pricing that it's like almost astonishing. Like all the way from like, I've heard $25 a post, which I feel like, wow, that's low, low budget. Are you really getting, you know, like just make sure like what you're saying, like make sure you're getting what you want because like from $25 to, you know, $400, that's a huge gap. So just get really clear, right? On what they're offering, what is is included in the pricing? Are there different packages and all of that? 
Exactly. And some like I have packages on my website, but that's kind of like a starting point. Like if they don't need something, I'm not going to say, hey, let's do this just to take their money. I'm going to kind of do the packages based on what their needs are. So even if if what's on their website, you're like, oh, that's not really what I need. Still hop on a call and just ask like, hey, I don't think I need these. I think I would like to do this instead. And they're probably going to do it. Yeah. So what do you, like, why are people in the copywriting industry charging so little? I'm just perplexed by this. Like, are the, is there offering just garbage? Like, I heard some people in the food blogging space just talking about a handful of copywriters who were like $25 to $40 for an entire post, like, keyword research, I think. And I'm like, what? I don't know how I feel about that. I am right there with you. (laughs) (laughs) I did have someone that came to me and she said, oh, your prices are very high. And I said, well, you know, what was your previous copywriter charging? And she said $35 Mm. a post. And the thing is, I usually do four blogs for one person and I will spend the entire week working on their stuff. So let's say they do four blogs. That means I would make a hundred dollars for the whole week. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like that's just not, not doable. And like you were saying with that specific person, I think she was using someone who was just like a stay at home mom and just was wanting to make a little extra money, but she wasn't including SEO. She wasn't including editing. She wasn't she, it, she basically was just writing writing it and then giving it back to the blogger. Right. So, yeah, even when I started out copywriting, my mentor recommended to me not charging less than 150 So I started out at 200 Yeah. And then now, you know, I've been doing it for three years. So I have experience now. I have stats to back up what I've done for other people. So I charge a little more now. And I also started including uploading the blogs, which is another thing that I actually didn't intend to do that. But the more bloggers that I talked to, all of them were like, please, Uh can you just put this on my website? Because I (laughs) hate doing that. And then I was like, well, I don't want to do it either. But I started including it and I actually enjoy it now. Now it's just kind of like what I do on Fridays. It's just an easy thing to to do for that day. <laughs> yeah. No, that's awesome because yeah, that gets a little tedious as well. Yeah. Not only is it an issue where it's like, why are you charging so little? How How quality is this sort of thing? Like if you're at the store and you yeah. see two products and one is like crazy cheap, you kind of wonder like what exactly how good is this you know what I mean and so it's that piece of it but also for the writer charging $35 for all of the work they're doing like I want them to be more valued like unless they're just like throwing garbage out in 30 minutes and not really putting love into it and energy if that's what they're doing fine but if they're actually taking time to curate this blog post for you and do keyword research and whatever else like, I want to pay you for that time. I don't want to pay you $35, you know? It's like, I don't know. There's So there's those two sides that really 
kind of get under my skin a little bit, like charge more, charge what you're worth. Yes. I'm so happy that you're saying that because like I said, SEO is really a big reason why I charge so much because that's really, that's like a big value for bloggers. Cause it's, it's very competitive in our niche. There's, there's a lot of bloggers. And so to get on page one for, you know, that, that specific recipe, it's, it's pretty competitive. So you need to have good SEO and keyword research in your posts. And I feel like that's what makes copywriting so valuable and why you should ask if that's included. Definitely. I wanted to say real quick, I'm wondering too, if now with AI coming out or it's been out for a while now, that now probably those people that are charging $35, oh. they probably are just going to AI oh and being like, hey, write, write a blog about this. And I definitely don't recommend that because the if it, if there's any facts in it, they are not accurate. Yes. And it doesn't <laughs> add personality. Right. And, and it doesn't know your voice. Like even if there were some personality, it's prob- it wouldn't be specific to you, to that specific blogger. I'm so glad you brought up the AI thing because I think that's been a point that has maybe kept food bloggers from hiring copywriters because I think it's a something we're afraid of. Like what if they do that? Yeah. And maybe that is why they some charge so little. But is that something upfront that you feel like we should be asking? Yes. So I think AI is helpful. It's great for like, if I have writer's block and I'm like, oh, I, I just need ideas. I don't know mm-hmm. what, you know, what to put. So I kind of use it myself for ideas or headlines, different things like that. But I do not recommend at all just using whatever AI spits out because... <laughs> Like I said, it's not in your voice, so it's not going to connect with your specific community and your readers, and it doesn't give always give accurate information. No, it's so, not always accurate. I shouldn't say it doesn't always. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't, right? I have the funniest example. Someone in my mastermind group, she was using AI to just generate like a caption or something for social media, which I think is harmless, like whatever. But writing a blog post, I totally agree. You shouldn't just like, oh, I'm going to take whatever you give me AI and use it. Yeah. But she was, I think it was for like deviled strawberries. So strawberries that have been kind of hulled out and then you put like cream cheese in them for like a sweet appetizer. Like write a description for this. And the description was so funny. It said something about, you know, strawberries with the cream cheese and the texture. Um, very reminiscent of the flavor of deviled eggs. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, can you imagine if you didn't read through that and you put that on Pinterest or something and people are like, wait, what? Like eggs and strawberry? Like what? So you, yeah, you cannot trust AI. It's getting better, it feels like. It's getting smarter, but it's not a human. You you can't entirely trust it. So just be really careful, right? Yeah, exactly. Even with emails, I had a family member, a friend that is launching a new meal plan and she wrote her emails for it. And she's like, Hey, and she, she told me ahead of time that, Oh my gosh, did you know chat GPT does all this stuff? And I was like, yeah, but don't use what it says word for word. Like that's okay to like start off with, but you need to put your own, your own spin on it. And so she was super excited about the emails and she sent them to me. And I, 
I told her, I said, I can absolutely tell that you use ChatGPT to write these. Oh. So I told her she could go ahead and use them. Mm. It's a good starting point. Like get get the meal plan launched. But I was like, I would go back and like add in some personal stories or you know, different things like that so that it sounds more like you and more personal and it's going to connect better that way. Yes, for sure. Like people know when you read something that's been completely AI written, you know, you just, you know, there's not a human behind it. Yes, exactly. So one of the messages I'm hearing is like, just don't skimp on copywriting because this is a really important feature element of your business and people need to have that good writing to connect with the users, don't you think? Yes, absolutely. And it is an investment. It's not cheap. Like I said, I started out when I first was writing, it was a hundred or I started out at 200 per blog. And so if you're a newer blogger, it is extremely overwhelming to think about paying that much, you know, four blogs a month. And it, it just can be a little bit daunting at first. But it, whenever you're at a point where you're able to, the other thing, the like flip side of the coin is that if you're paying somebody else to write all of that for you, then that means you can use that time to spend more time with your kids or maybe put out double the amount of recipes because now you have more time to test recipes and to get new recipes put together or I don't know, go on a trip or whatever you want to do, like that kind of frees up your time. So it's, it is an investment, but it it frees up your time and you know that it's going to be done correctly and most effectively for you and your business and your blog. I love that. I'm so glad you said that. And I think a good way to kind of test that out is to, I don't just like do a time log and see how much time you're spending on writing each week and then take that time And imagine, like, maybe it's six hours, maybe it's 12 hours. Imagine what you could do with those extra hours in reinvesting them in your business in other ways that actually light you up, right? Exactly. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, this is such a great conversation. Is there anything we've missed, Michelle, either on the side of launching into becoming a copywriter or hiring a copywriter to take over that part of your business? I think we covered it, and I'm happy that we talked a little bit about AI, too. (laughs) Yes, me too. I didn't have it in my notes, so I'm really thankful that you brought it up because that's a – it's an issue. Not an issue. It's a piece of our reality right now, right? Yeah. It's a hot topic for sure. (laughs) It is a hot topic. There you go. Well, thank you for all of this. It was so good to chat with you, and I know I have a few points that I was like, oh, yeah, like that was really good some really good nuggets thrown in there. So we appreciate you, Michelle. Thank you so much. I'm so happy that I was able to share a little bit. Hopefully it helps your community. For sure. Do you have either a favorite quote or words of inspiration to share with us? Yes. So I have two. I can never decide which one is more my favorite because I love them both. But one is done is better than perfect. I, growing up as a dancer, I have had to learn to kind of let go of that perfectionism and thinking everything needs to be perfect. Just, just do it. Just, and my other, my other quote is do it scared. Cause it's scary to start something online and to put yourself out there 
and you kind of don't really know what you're doing. You're kind of learning as you go. So it doesn't need to be perfect and just do it scared and you will learn and grow and improve as, as you continue working at it, but you can do it. <laughs> I don't think there are two better quotes to deliver to food bloggers because those are things that we really get hung up on. So that was absolutely perfect, Michelle. <laughs> Thank you. I'll put together show notes for you. Uh, if you want to go to eblogtalk.com forward slash Michelle Hauk, and I'll spell that out just in case, <laughs> H-A-U-C-K. So you can go to those show notes to find everything out about the, you know, all the points we talked to about today. But Michelle, I would love for you to kind of tell people about your business. If anyone is interested in exploring possible copywriting services through you, how do they do that? So you can go to my website, michellehaukagency.com. And there is an application on there that you can fill out. You can also always send me an email, which my email is michelle at michellehaukagency.com. And either one of those ways, I will get back to you within two or three days, depending on, you know, if it's a weekend or not. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> and yeah. And do you have openings currently for new clients? I do. Yes. And I also just launched a VIP offer and that is for sales pages or sales emails. That's more if you have like a course or a mastermind or a retreat that you're planning, that's more for those kinds of things. Or if you have a service, if you're doing like coaching or something, then the sales page VIP offer would be great for you. But I also have my food blogger packages as well. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And then how do we find that VIP offer? So that is also on my website. You can actually apply on my website. There's also a link in my Instagram bio. So you can apply either one of those ways and then I'll get back in touch with you. All right. Sounds good. Everybody go check out Michelle's site and offerings. And again, thank you so much for being here, Michelle. And thank you for listening, food bloggers. I will see you in the next episode. Food bloggers, real quick, want to hop in to tell you about an exciting opportunity for all of you travel lovers out there. A lot of you foodies are also big on exploring our country. If you plan on exploring New York City anytime soon, this might be a great opportunity for you. And if part of your audience relates to travel, they could benefit from this as well. The New York City Borough Pass is the best way to experience the unique cultures and stories of New York City. This sightseeing pass for sustainable cultural travel provides access to a diverse roster of attractions, tours, and performing arts venues in each of the five boroughs of New York City like the Alice Austin House Museum, where you can explore the life of the LGBTQ icon, or the 250-acre New York Botanical Garden that houses over 1 million living plants, or the City Reliquary Museum with its quirky and hyper-local New York City collections. The best part? Eat Blog Talk listeners receive a 10% off of 1, 3, 7, and 90-day options with the code EATBLOGNYC, so you can choose the perfect duration for your adventure in the city. What are you waiting for? Get your New York City Borough Pass today and discover the beauty of the people and places that make New York City one of the world's most vibrant and exciting destinations. Go to nycboroughpass.com to get yours now. nycboroughpass.com. Use code EATBLOGNYC. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Eat Blog Talk. Please share this episode with a friend who would benefit from tuning in. I will see you next time.